This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. So, but I hope you're ready today because I kind of want to dive into this word and, and I hope you're ready for an encouraging word. Okay, I, I really hope that this word will encourage you today because with so much negativity, so much hard news, I'm thankful that God's word is still alive and active. I'm still so thankful that God's word is still there to lift us up and, and, and to build up our faith. And, and, and I really hope that, that you would pray for me as I deliver this message today. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but, but everyone that you come in contact with in some form, fashion, or another, everybody is, will face some type of battle in their life. And they might even be in that battle right now, and you may just not know about it. They might be really good at hiding what's really going on. They might not want you to know what's going on. But, but here's, it's just good to know that everybody at some point in their life will face something that nobody in here might know that's actually happening. There's a battle on the inside. Some of it might be some anxiety. Some of it might be some um, a depression. It might be tired of being alone. They might be hurting. You know, I had a friend. This was just... Not too long ago, he's a youth pastor in, 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 in Alabama. He had changed jobs, and, and he had gone to a, a new church where he had a mentor there. And he, he was in that place in his ministry where there felt like some type of, he wasn't lax in his ministry, that's not the right word, but he felt some type of lull that something was just missing. So he goes and he speaks to this mentor, and and, and he says, what should I do? And the guy looked at him and said, I want you to write down a hundred things you want to do before you die. And that caught him off guard for a minute because at first the, the number just seemed so extravagant. And he said, a hundred things? I'm not sure that there's a hundred things that I could see myself doing before my life is over. Do you want just the major events? Do you want the minor events? Do you want what? I mean, what do you want? He said, just write down a hundred things. He said at first it was tough, but he, he managed to do it. And as he was writing things, he began to check things off of his list. He began to check some of the things that he wrote off his list. And some of the things that he wrote down were things like, I, I want to turn the TV off more and I'd like to read more books. I'd like to spend more time with my spouse. I'd like to spend more time with my children. He wrote things down like personal goals for his life on what he wants to accomplish each year. And what he found out was as he's writing down these 100 things and as he was, as, 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 as he was checking them off his list, he found that there was a, a new meaning to life, that his marriage was happier, that his children were happier, that he was happier, that his ministry was happier. And it's because he found a whole new meaning to life. He found a purpose to live for. He found something to look forward to. And I believe with all my heart this morning that no matter what trials we face, what hardships you encounter, what mountains you may step may seem too big, you have a hundred reasons that you can think of of why you matter. There's a hundred reasons on why you are here. And if we just stop for a moment and stop being so negative and nitpick everything that we see and start being positive about what, what the things that are around us, maybe we can find those same things just like Paul said. Paul said we learned about about it last week he said whatever is true whatever is noble 
whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Keep those things constantly on your mind. And it goes in to says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice because it's not good enough to just say I'm going to do it and then never do it. When, when we put our mind to doing something, we have to put some action behind that faith, some action behind our words. He said, put it into practice, and when you do that, the God of peace will be with you. And I believe when we start doing more things like that, then we would stay positive. A hundred reasons. A hundred reasons why your life matters. A hundred reasons why you should live. A hundred reasons to be encouraged. And I want to say this in this day and age. I want to say this and I want you to hear me right. It's okay to talk good about somebody else. It's okay to build each other up. And I hope that you'll embrace this thought right here. That you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You have no idea what that other person is going through. You yourself might even be in a position where I don't even feel like saying something nice to anybody. But if you will just obey the word of the Lord and speak positive thoughts into people. Speak a single word. Speak encouragement into somebody's life. You might just offer somebody hope that didn't think there was any more left. You might just offer somebody to build their faith when they thought that the world was over. You have no idea what our alive, living, sitting at the right hand of God type God can do through one word of encouragement. That's why this message today is called 100 Reasons to Be Encouraged. Now you might think, oh Lord... We got to get home. We got to eat. He's got a hundred points he's about to make. No, I don't have a hundred points. I just want to make men there. There should be a hundred reasons to be encouraged this morning because everyone you see might face a battle you know nothing about. And I don't know about you, but there's too much negative Nancy's in, the, in this world. I, I can't open up social media or read a news app or, or look on my phone or turn on the TV and not see something negative. But what we should do is look at the good in this world and encourage each other and build them up. I read a story. You guys all know it. It's about Job. You guys know, know, know Job? Job had some amazing friends. We're going to talk about those friends in just a moment. Here's, so we have this guy named Job, right? He's a good man. He's a godly man. Satan attacked Job, robbed him of more than you could ever imagine. You know what his friends did? The ones that were closest to him, the ones that were there to build him up and to encourage him, this is what they did. They got all up, in his business, all up in his business and said things like, it's your fault. You deserve it. You're going through this because of your sin. Negative, 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 negative. We have enough of them in this world. And I love how Job responded in Job chapter 16. This is one of the, the coolest scriptures in all the Bible. If you'll go ahead and put this up. Job chapter 16, verse 2. It simply says, I have heard many things like these. And then I love it. What's it say? You are miserable comforters. All of you. <laughs> I mean, this is Job looking at his friends. He's saying, all of you guys, you don't do nothing to comfort me. You are miserable comforters. 
miserable comfort. And he, he's saying, I'm down and I'm out and I've had bad luck. I need you to build me up, but you're not doing that. And then he says this, and I'd love to say this, but I, I'm too um, pastoral to say this to somebody else. He goes into chapter 16, verse 3, and he said, Will your long-winded speeches never end? I want you to think about that for just a moment. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you just said, I wish they'd be quiet. I wish they, you probably said that about me. He's just preaching too long. Would he just be quiet? Hey, he, he said, will your long-winded speeches never end? And then the next part of this scripture is so important because he says, what ails you that you keep on arguing? Because the the word is this right here, that hurting people hurt people. And sometimes the the negative nature that some people have towards, towards other people or other things, it's not that they don't like you. It's not that they don't like the situation you're in. It's not that they're trying to be mean, but they're hurting on the inside and they've never received the healing from God that they need. So Job is looking at these friends who who probably need some healing inside their life. And he said, what ails you that you keep on arguing? He said, what makes you keep talking? And then he says this, and Job's trying to make a point. In chapter 16, verse 4, he says, I also could speak like you. If you were in my place. He's saying if the... if." If the shoes are on the other feet here, I can do the same thing because it's a lot easier to tear somebody down than it is to lift somebody up. He says, I also could speak like you if you were in my place. I could make fine speeches against you and shake my head. But then I want you to notice what Job goes next because Job Job is now about to teach him a lesson. He basically says, between verses 4 and 5, he says, but if I were you, or if you were me, if the roles were reversed, this is what I would have done. He says, but my mouth would encourage you. I wouldn't tear you down. I wouldn't say it's your fault. I wouldn't tell it's because of your sin. I wouldn't tear you down and say, woe is me. Look at Job. He's in sin. Look at all this that's happening to him. No, he said, my mouth would encourage you. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief. Isn't that how we should treat the body of Christ? Isn't that how we should treat each other? My mouth would encourage you. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief if it were me. If it were me, church, listen to me. If it were me, I'd speak words of life. If it were me, I'd try to take away your grief. If it were me, I'd try to encourage you. If it's possible, I'd love to be the greatest voice of encouragement in your life this side of heaven because the words we speak are filled with power. That's why Proverbs 18 tells me that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. You have a choice to build somebody up or to tear them down. And I want my words to build your faith, to strengthen your confidence, to believe that God is for you, that he's with you, that he'll never leave you, that he's working in you. If it were up to me, I would encourage you and build your faith because everyone you see is going through something you may not know about. And the very word that God gave me to speak might be the very word that gets you out of the rut that you're in. The author of the Hebrews 
said the same thing. He said this in Hebrews chapter 3. He says, but encourage one another daily. As it is called, as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The author said, encourage one another. Then what he didn't say next was, well, every now and then. Encourage one another whenever the Spirit prompts you. Encourage one another only when you're having a good day. He says, no, encourage one another daily. Why should we do that? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Let me tell you what sin does. Sin lies. Sin distracts. Sin destroys. Sin tears down. Sin tells you what you don't have. Sin tells you you're never going to be happy. Sin tells you you won't measure up. Sin tells you to be discouraged. Sin tells you to be depressed. Sin tells you to complain. That's what sin does. And we are to encourage one another daily so that the deceitfulness of sin doesn't come upon you. That's why we encourage one another. You see, there's not a day that goes by that there's not some type of discouragement that comes to me. And it's, I don't want you to think that it's a bad discouragement, a bad um, um, discouragement like I'm all depressed and woe is me and I sit in my office all day and I just weep and cry. No, I'm happy as a lark. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as happy as could be. I don't even know what an actual lark is, but I'm as happy as one. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm a happy person. There is nothing wrong with me. But there's sometimes I sit in my office and, and I say, I know I need to do this, but what, but what will people think? I, I know I need to bring about some, some, uh, some, uh, some change here, but what if people don't like it? And, and see, there's this discouragement that comes over me. And how awesome and how appropriate would it, would it be that we encourage one another? Because here's what encouragement does. Encouragement takes away the discouragement. Huh. I can feel discouraged in my spirit, but when you encourage me, it's like that emotion just goes away. And, and that's what we have to do for each other. Now, when I talk about being in, 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 in encouraging and asking people to do that, here's a thought that I know some people say, well, I'm just not naturally gifted at it. I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't like really talking. The words don't come out the right way. When I, hey, I'm there, and there's sometimes uh, somebody comes up to me, and I mess up my words, and they just don't sound right. And I go home, and, and I say, what in the world just came out of my mouth? I know nobody else has ever done that. I'm probably just telling on myself. But there's times when that happens. And I'm, and I'm telling you, no matter if it's a natural gift, no matter if you're an introvert, an extrovert, or an omnivert, whatever it may be, we are to encourage one another daily. Think of something good. Say it to somebody. Text it to somebody. Give somebody a call. If the Lord puts something in your spirit, it's because the other person needs to hear it. And I want people to understand that. Because not everybody goes through every day with a peachy attitude. Not everybody wakes up in a good mood. And it just might be the word that God placed in your spirit in that moment that turns around the other person's day. We have to be and set the blessing free. 
We have to bless other people with our encouragement. Why? Because I'd much rather my kids remember me for what I spoke life into than what I spoke against. I'd much rather them know and remember me by how much I love them and how much I wanted. Uh, I didn't even mean to talk about this today, but my wife and I were in the living room the other night and my kids, oh, my boys were asleep. My girl decides she thinks that midnight is her time to just run or just run around and play and so we're up with her and she says and she puts on her superhero cape she puts on her cape and she comes to me and says daddy i want to fly now it's midnight i don't want to fly i want to sleep that's what i want to do but she comes in, and when my little girl says she wants to do something, that's what she gets because she's my little girl. And so she comes in and says, Daddy, I want to fly. So I put her in my, in my hand, and I lift her up. And then she said something that hit me and Megan sideways. She looked up, and she says, Daddy, I want the sky. And it broke me, Seth, because I, 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 I want to give her the sky. I want to give her everything that she deserves. I want her to have everything in the whole world. That's what I want her to remember me by. Is those words of encouragement that I spoke into her. That's why the Bible says to not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Never, never should something negative come out of my mouth. Because that won't build anybody up. It's only going to tear me down. And that's not as children of Christ to live free. That's what we got to do. We have to speak life, to speak blessings, to build each other up. A hundred words of encouragement. I want my wife to remember me by the things that I built her up for. The, to by telling her that the Holy Spirit has used her. To tell her that the anointing is all over her. To tell her how much of an awesome wife she is. How, how much of a good mother she is. I, I, I want to build her up. Listen, today, my wife and I celebrate 12 years of actual marriage. 12, 12, 12 years today. That's awesome. 12 years, okay? I remember, I remember those two young kids who got married too young, who didn't know anything about life. I remember those two young kids who had an argument here or there. I, 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 I remember the tough times. I remember all those, but I choose I choose to speak life. I don't choose to dwell on that. I choose to dwell on the times where we grew together. I choose to dwell on the times that we prayed together. I choose to dwell on the, on the, on the times where we laughed together. That's what we must do. Not dwell on all those negative things, but only dwell on that which is positive. That builds my faith. And so there's a scripture within the Bible, and I want to share it for just a couple minutes. And it's about David. And it's about this, this, this point. And to give you context in this story that I'm about to read, David was a valiant warrior, king of Israel. His army arrived to their home, and the enemy had burned the entire city to the ground. 
it was left in ruins. So I want you to imagine coming back with your troops, your men, your wives, your children. They've been kidnapped. They're gone. Your home's gone. And listen to what all these men did. To their leader. They blamed David. And all of a sudden, they're, they're all crying, they're all wailing, and the men decided it's David's fault. We're going to make him pay, we're going to put him to death. And I want you to watch what happens here. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of, of um, killing him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. So you've got to, you can't miss that point. That point right, right there, what did David do? He found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength. The word found strength in the Hebrew means to tell yourself to be strong. Now I want you to get this, and, and I think it's why the King James Version says it like this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in that moment. When everybody around him was negative, he spoke to himself. When everybody around him blamed him, he told himself of the goodness of God because sometimes you just have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you just have to preach to yourself. When everything he saw with his eyes said hopeless, when everything around him cried discouragement, he, he encouraged himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in the things of his faith. He encouraged himself in the things of God. He built up his strength, his encouragement. Now watch what happens. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Listen to what they said. Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. When did that word of encouragement from the Lord come? After David encouraged himself in the things of God. What do we know? We know that positive words are difficult to remember and negative words are hard to forget. Are you like that? I could take 10 people in this room right now and 10 people say the most awesome and beautiful, blessed things. Oh, pastor, we're just so grateful for you and you're just such a blessing to us and this and that and this. And so I feel so good, right? But all it takes is one person to say one negative thing and I forget about all the other things that were good. I choose to, I, I, at that moment, my mind dwells on the negative. And as a matter of fact, there's a science behind it. Um, the, um, a science, science, scientists will say that they'll say this about your brain that your brain is predisposed to believe the negative immediately but it takes 12 seconds of anything positive before you start to believe it that whatever is negative that's spoken your mind tends to automatically agree with that over yourself But it takes your brain time to think about things that are positive. That's why it's so, it's so um, hard to remember something positive, but it's so easy to remember something negative. That's why we have to encourage each other. In fact, it's, 
it's, it's profoundly personal when you even read through Psalms. And you read through the things that David wrote. It's like his private you know, uh, journal. It's, it's, um, it's um, getting a glimpse into his heart. And three different times in Psalms, David talked to himself and said the same exact thing. Three different places. David asked himself, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Why are you so down and out? Why are you so negative? Why are you so this? Why are you so that? Why did you believe what they said? Why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Why do you feel, why do you battle with this anxiousness? Why has fear overwhelmed you? David preaches to himself. Listen, he says, why so downcast, oh my soul? And then he encouraged himself and says, put your hope in the Lord. Because in order to encourage others and to encourage ourselves, that's what we must do. Our hope is not in things of this world. Our hope is in, is, 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 is in the Lord. We must put our hope in him. You see, why are you depressed? Why are you, why, are you, why are you down when you know the goodness and the power of God? Put your hope in God. Remember, you have to tell yourself no weapon formed against you will prosper. You have to tell yourself that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have to tell yourself I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. You have to tell yourself that my sins have been wiped clean. I am redeemed. I'm a child of the living God. I am joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador for the most high God. I am the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to represent love of Jesus on earth. You have to encourage yourself with those words. And then remember in Numbers chapter 6 that the Lord bless you, that the Lord keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And as I close this message today, if you'd come, What's the point in, in, in all this? We've Last couple of weeks, we've talked about enough of the bad news. We've talked about a heart of gratitude. We've talked about a hundred reasons to be encouraged. Because that's what we need today. In a culture that's full of negative this and negative that, we need the encouragement of God and we need to be reminded of the power that God gave us. Why are Christians, people of faith, walking around acting like we have no power? The very words that we speak have the power of life and death. And so I want to pray over you today. Somebody in this room might have come in just a discouraged Somebody might have walked in here depressed. Somebody watching online today may feel that way. And I want to encourage you right now. The Lord's never left you. He's always been there. He's right by your side. He's helping you. He's giving you what you need. He'll provide when you think there's no way. He'll supply it. He'll be there when you most need him. He'll pick up the pieces and mend together a broken heart. And so I want to pray with you right now. 
that, that the Lord would encourage you, that he'd build you up, and that he would help us to encourage others. Because let me say this, and we'll pray. It's my last point. It's amazing the times when I just have been kind of down and didn't really want to be an in, in, in encourager, didn't want to speak encouragement. I felt like I was the one that needed it. And I felt the Lord speaking into my heart, but it was so hard for me to do it because I needed it. And here's what the Lord sh sh showed, showed me, and this is important, that if we'll obey and we'll listen to God, when I give the word of encouragement to you, it's almost like God will take that same word and he'll reverse it back to me. And when I see God lift you up, it somehow lifts me up too. Because that's how God works. That's how God works. I'm telling you, stay positive. Be an encourager. Build each other up. When you think of something, when the Holy Spirit puts something in your mind, don't, don't keep it. Let it out. Tell somebody.